You're listening to a DM podcast. The biggest thing is know your audience. You need to know every single thing about them. You need to know what they eat for dinner. You need to know where they hang out, what they do, what they do in their spare time. And you need to know why they care about your show. You need to respect that audience as well and make sure that you're always creating for them. Hi, and welcome to Behind the Podcast. I'm Jules, and with me is Anthony. Hey. Today we're speaking to Leah Harris, who, working at Spotify, is very much behind the podcast that you've no doubt been listening to or through if you're using their platform. Leah has a background in production, live events, and comedy, and is on a mission to champion unique Australian voices and get them the recognition they deserve. The creative producer for podcasts for Australia and New Zealand over at Spotify. How are you doing, Leah? I'm really well. So I think that's a bit of a hefty title. Do you want to start by telling us a bit about what that involves? Yes, it is a hefty title. It involves trying to develop out original IP, audio IP, for the Spotify brand in Australia and New Zealand. So my day-to-day looks like talking to talent and agents and production companies and indies and all sorts of people that want to make podcasts and work with them to develop out the right podcast for Spotify and their strategy locally. Right. And how did you get into this job? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I guess uh, my background comes from all sorts of media. Um, I've come from large scale live events. I've come from TV. I've come from digital. I've come from stand up. I've come from indie filmmaking. Um, What surprises people is that I didn't come from radio. Um, And I think sometimes that can be a really secret source, but also collaborating with people Um, that come from the radio background can really amplify a really great show. Um, And then I have got into Spotify and now producing all sorts of shows for them. (laughs) We wouldn't mind talking about some of these shows. I think, you know, you released a couple last year through the Sound Up Australia program um, and there's a slew of uh, Spotify originals that people can see on their player. Do you want to tell us about some of the titles and and what those shows are about? Yeah, sure. Um, I guess our first Spotify original is what I look after. There are Spotify exclusives as well. But the first Spotify original we released is Search Engine Sex, which uh, is with Rowdy Walden, and you guys have interviewed him before. We have him. He's a a golden child. Um, So that idea came out of the Sound Up program, which we're really proud of running, and we will be running again in 2021-22. It's a program for underrepresented voices within the podcast industry, and that's a global program. Uh, In Australia, we've chosen to work with the First Nations community uh, and we did that in 2018 and we'll do that again in 21. Um, But from that program, Rowdy uh, pitched his idea to me when I started and I just went, oh, that is so good. Um, (laughs) It's also something about Rowdy. I think um, he's got that special something um, and I'm really passionate about finding those people with a special something that I can grow. Um, Rowdy doesn't have a huge following but he is growing um, and I love being part of that journey with him as well. He's very disarming I think like particularly with that type of content that he's talking about everything related to sex I'm a bit of a prude maybe, but I was like <laughs> listening to a few of those uh, episodes while driving the car and making sure the windows were yeah. up and everything yeah. before going too far. Imagine me doing mm. draft eps, you know, and like reading through things and trying to 
decide where to push the boat and yeah. where we should reel it back in, how we should approach subjects um, with a lot of care but humour as well. Um, so that's a that's a fun journey. For what was that sex. like with the uh, with the powers that be at Spotify when you sort of say, okay, this is one that we're really thinking about and we'd like to promote? Yeah, I think the cool thing about my role and the other producers around the markets is that Spotify really gives you the power and the autonomy to decide what is right for your market. Um, And then personally, I really love to push the boundaries and um, have different types of voices and stories represented across our slate. Um, And I think search engine sex is just the perfect, you know, amalgamation of all those things. Well, so if we use search engine sex as an example, what's the process? Okay. Search Engine Sex is a little bit of a weird one. Uh, Rowdy came to me directly as talent with his idea, um, so therefore he owns the IP, and I said, yes, let's develop that out. So we paired him with Audiocraft, the um, podcast production agency in Australia, who had helped us run the Sound Up program, so they already had a relationship with Rowdy, Um, and then we worked through development with them um, and so they have the licensing agreement to do the production side of things. And then I have a talent and IP agreement with Rowdy. That's getting into the nitty gritty, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys want to hear about that. Yeah, I mean, with something like IP, how do you establish you know, who owns what and, and when you're allowed to sort of keep your own as opposed to, well, we want to own this show because we're you know, doing more in the production side of things or however that arrangement yeah, might work? Yeah, I mean, it is different for every show. Um, sometimes I come up with a concept or something I want to explore and I'll go to a production company and say, hey, I've got this idea, I really want you to work on this with me, but I still think that Spotify should own majority of the IP. Um, On the other hand, I've had shows that are running at the moment that they've come to me with most of the show idea built out and we just negotiate on, you know, owning the audio or owning different parts of things. Um, But it's always down to... Every deal is different, Um, but we always want to work with people to make sure they're happy with everything as well. And can you tell us about some of the other Aussies that you're working with at the moment? As we said before, there's a whole bunch of you know new titles that are popping up. One yeah. I've been listening to as a soon-to-be new dad is the Dad Kit, which I'm loving. Yes, that one we did with uh, Babyology. It's a Spotify exclusive, so they came to us with the idea and um, Sean attaches host, um, and we love that show because it really does explore all sorts of different dads and people, um, and it's not just about fatherhood or you don't have to be a dad or a parent to listen to it, which was really important um, to us and Babyology when we were producing it with them. Some of the other shows we have is G Thanks. So that one's a fun one. Georgia Productions is a YouTuber, has been for many, many years. Um, and we paired her with her sister, who's younger than her. And also and, a YouTuber. Yeah, also a YouTuber. Mm. Um, and they explore all sorts of different topics. It's a fun one for me to listen to because I just have no idea what's going on half the time and our lovely producer on that side has to explain things to me. Thanks, Michelle. But it's it's cool to, to get involved in a show like that. And that one's really interesting because 
one of the reasons that um, we started to want to work with them is their audience that they already have and the cross promo plan and the content that we can create across their social accounts or Spotify social accounts and back into the podcast and back out of the podcast. Um, So we've been trialling all sorts of fun things and learning what works, what doesn't work, using different tools on the Spotify platform that are in beta and all sorts of stuff that's really fun to yeah, awesome. try with them because they've got huge audiences on youtube and, and it's really funny you mentioned that they're 21 and, and 18 but they're seasoned veterans in this kind of thing mm-hmm. was it like how did you approach them to pull them over from youtube or you know they've still got that that show going i think they wanted to start to explore different creative avenues which i think is really cool for every kind of person with a following on different platforms that you can use that talent and bring it across to audio. It doesn't always work. And there has to be an understanding that just because you might be great on Instagram or great on YouTube does not make you a podcast host. So there's a lot of work to be done to take from a visual medium into an audio medium. Um, And that's been really fun to explore with the girls. They've taken to it so well and so easily, but I have seen others that it's, it's more, more work. (laughs) (laughs) So what were the, some of the things you did to bring the audience across from YouTube? So the cross promo plan for me, what's important is that it feels really at home in the talents existing social channels. So you don't want to splash Spotify everywhere, you want them almost to come up with the cross promo plan themselves, which is what happened with Georgia. She came up with the scripting for her podcast release video, which is hilarious. She does skits about all the different types of podcasters um, and then announced at the end of that video that she was starting a podcast She's with us. She's going to become one of those podcasters. Yes. <laughs> um, it's very cheeky, very funny, just like she is. So, you know, we didn't dictate too much about what that content should be it really needs for them to feel like this is what I would post and I feel comfortable and happy posting this there's no point in trying to force anyone to do a post that they just don't believe in because that sucks yeah people can generally see right through it yeah with the sort of Aussie voices I mean there's a fair bit of uh, variety there and diversity is that something that you really try hard to promote or you're just going for the best talent as well yeah Yeah, I mean for me It might sound a little wanky, but every decision I make, I think about the other decisions that could be made. Um, So thinking about who else could produce this, where could someone come through? Is there different voices that should be represented? Is there more women? Is, you know, women in production? All those type of things. I'm, once you open the lid on me and talking about that you won't shut me up but you know this is a privilege in the position that I'm in at the moment to make Australian content pay Australians and New Zealanders of course um (laughs) you know make really good choices with that money so it doesn't you know it's not it's not a quick decision it's always thoughtful and Intended. Does it work that you have a kind of, you know, budget assigned for uh, original content or exclusive content that you want to pursue that year and you say, okay, we reckon we can fit maybe 30 shows in this and there's going to be some that might come to us a bit more fully formed, whereas some we might need to nurture a bit more? And how do you kind of work out the, the ins and outs <laughs> of that? <laughs> uh, yes, that is how it works. 
Um, we do have a content strategy and I'm always in development and search mode for the next talent or idea or thought. The other thing is that Spotify is amazing at sharing learnings from all the other podcasts that they are launching all around the world. So I use a lot of those learnings to then inform content strategy to then break down the budget. In terms of finding the talent, I mean, you know, obviously there's a lot of podcasts out there in the world and sort of going through and and listening to each and finding the ones that you think might be worthwhile bringing over to Spotify or hearing brand new things or even hearing someone that you like the voice of and think, okay, this comedian might be able to do something, for example. What's that process like for you? I mean, is this all your days and nights, just listening to podcasts and people and stand-up it videos? Really is. It's going to comedy, it's going to shows, it's watching things, it's listening to things, it's talking to people. It's, you know, there's that certain magic that happens when you've been thinking about an idea and someone comes to you and has something similar and you start working and it gets exciting and you know you've got the kind of like creative itch and you know it's going to work. I spend a lot of my weekends binging seasons or in the evenings listening to the first 15 minutes of everyone's talk cast and (laughs) all those type of things. So yeah, there's no other way other than listening, following I do follow a lot of people on Instagram and I am watching them. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going up to stand-ups at the end of shows and saying oh, you're going to make them Absolutely make not. <laughs> no, I just walk out very quietly and then, um, you know, the universe will bring us back together if it's right. <laughs> <laughs> and you were, had an article in the Fairfax last year, I think September last year, basically talking about if you've got a great idea for a podcast, send it to me. Mm-hmm. What happened after that? I got... Many pitches, which was good. Um, I am also very passionate about breaking down barriers to entry to get things made. Uh, What I do find having been on the indie side of creating content and pitching to funding bodies or production companies, unless you are a skilled producer that knows who to talk to and how to get there, it's not that easy to get your stuff made. So that pitching process and the pitching form is a really good platform for me to hear from people and that's going directly to me. I do look at it once a week and have a look through and go, okay, that's that's something or that's at least the intent from talent or um, a really interesting idea. So that's been a that's been a really cool process. So you kind of have the... The big dog's pitching to you, but you can also have an open playing field of of other ideas because ideas can come from anywhere. (laughs) And when you do get uh, a new show up and running, I mean, what are the sort of promotional techniques that you guys use to really give something a voice and make sure it gets discovered amongst all the other things that are out there? Yeah. Um, I mean, because I work on the original side. I would love for every single one of my show to get all of the love from Spotify, but um, we do have a programming editorial team that at the end of the day makes the decisions around who gets promoted where and where they're programmed and how they're surfaced. But being a Spotify original, you do get the extra touch of that help, especially on launch. Um, we obviously want to see our shows grow, but as the um, shows do continue, they, you know, it's not every week you're being promoted. There is a balance that has to happen, and that's down to someone else that's not me. 
um, or otherwise there would just be search engine sex everywhere, <laughs> all the time. Rowdy, all over Spotify, AUNZ. Um, no. Uh, so, yes, there's a lot of tools you might have been served. Um, yeah, there's many levers to yeah. be pulled. I mean, and it seems to be growing every day, pop-up ads, playlists, all sorts of programming. Yeah. Podcast of the week. What yeah. else have you got? Yeah. We <laughs> 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 know your stuff. Um, I think the playlist thing is so cool. Spotify changed the game with creating um, music playlists and now we're doing the same with podcast playlists and I think that's just such a cool thing that we're working on. Um, we do have Best Podcast of the Week playlist. We also have a really popular crime scene playlist uh, and brain snacks that do really well and they're all updated weekly uh, and then promoted on social and we do see really good listenership through from those playlists. That's a special place to be yeah. if you're on those playlists. Are user-generated playlists a thing? I, know, I mean, they are obviously with music, but are they a thing or are they becoming a thing? I think that they are becoming a thing. I think it's really cool that you can make your own and you can make your own mixed media playlist as well. So we actually just did that with the G Thanks Girls where they curated their own um, music and podcast episodes that they loved and anyone can do that with a Spotify account. So, you know, you could pull, if you've got a catalogue of 100 episodes, you could pull your best of for the start, you know, or, you know, your intro to my show, your best episodes and then throw some music in there and tell people to listen to that. I think that'd be pretty cool people can subscribe to that yes you can follow follow sorry follow and listen for free (laughs) only on spotify (laughs) yeah i mean without sort of sounding too sort of you know blow smoky on spotify i do like some of the shows that really do mix up that podcast and music side of things i think on uh one of the ringer ones there's the songs that explain the 90s and they do the deep dive on the song and really just get stuck into it and then obviously you get to listen to the whole song at the end but it's just a great way to see that kind of run through and i think there's a few like that which do take you back and forward and you get to the the whole audio experience yeah that's a a brand new format that came out last year uh called music and talk and it is sick i love that you can (laughs) pull tracks through from spotify and the streams are attributed to the music so it does start to break down those barriers of um utilizing songs within podcast so it was this that you had kathy freeman for the music and talk yes we and did. jane hinchcliffe yes we did we did their my 2020 so talking about what happened to them and what got them through their 2020 part of our wrapped campaign and that was really cool to produce and none of us had ever produced something like that before especially with all those tools so that was cool to get stuck into we've noticed that abc's top podcasts are now appearing on spotify yeah, it's pretty cool. We are so happy that they're here and we're here to grow their audience and get some younger listeners listening to their whole catalogue, which is cool. It means you've almost got everyone, right? Yeah. Getting there. Yeah, with, with the Australian shows, I'm interested because the, the sort of listening habits of, you know, Australians and podcasts in general, it's just you're not limited to kind of what's in your immediate area, what's in your local news, what's in your local radio. You really can just go deep dive on anything from around the world. So I think this is probably how a lot of people started was listening to, you know, American shows, English shows, whatever it might be. Do you find that a lot of the Australian shows that are being developed now are getting uh, listeners overseas? And what's been the uptake like? And have they been enjoying our kind of like unique voice? <laughs> is, is there a Kid Leroy of podcasts? Yeah. Oh, mm. should we find him? Yeah. Um, yes, I think that Australian content does work overseas. On the flip side, their import content 
works very well here. So that is a challenge for me to decide what to commission and make if the shows are already or formats are already existing and Australians are already liking listening to import content. Uh, I think Spotify can play a huge role in exporting Australian voices, um, utilising all those programming tools in different markets. I think that's a really, really exciting thing, especially for originals and exclusives. Exporting our voices overseas is, is something that we really want to do at Spotify. So what's the difference between a Spotify original and a Spotify exclusive? Ah, the biggest question. So a Spotify exclusive is a title that has probably been around for quite some time, has a really engaged audience, um, people who are doing some really cool stuff, um, and that might be a publisher or an independent show. Uh, and what we're looking to do is say, hey, come work with us um, and license your show exclusively on Spotify and we'll continue to grow your audience and do all sorts of fun things with you. Originals, on the other hand, is the space that I hang out in, which is um, developing the tiniest speck of an idea into uploading it into an RSS feed and doing all the fun cross-promo and launch plans. So um, that is really taking the development time with Spotify to produce something, whereas exclusives is saying, you're doing something really cool, why don't you come hang out with us? <laughs> okay, so Case File's an exclusive. Yes. Have you met the Case File host? I have. Can you give away anything about this elusive no, person? <laughs> Live south of Sydney. That's all. That's all we know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's anonymous. So does that mean that Case Files now working with Spotify, or are they doing their current shows and also doing yeah, additional content with you? Yes. So um, they are doing spin-offs with us. We work with them as we would any other partner with their main show, and then we have worked with them to create Case File Presents. Uh, spin-off shows in a way so that's been really fun to work on some true crime as well <laughs> and what's the incentive for talent to do that is it um they're going to get more exposure obviously i'm sure there's a financial incentive to do it yeah i guess um we do pay to <laughs> yeah. um for content so obviously there would be um a monetary gain and also working with us i like to think that we're um a good bunch of people to work with and we want to commission good Australian content. So I think that's a cool incentive to... Oh, look, I'm all on board with Spotify. <laughs> I mean, I don't have the green chip incentive like you do. I do, yes. But, um, it's in my neck. We could see, yeah. you know, see the benefits. I personally switched over from Apple Podcasts to Spotify at the beginning of 2020. I mean, we were, doing, we were collaborating with mm -hmm. you on a project, which was one reason, but the other was I just had had it with Apple Podcasts app and it was as close as a New Year's resolution as I'm going to get. <laughs> and I did that. And I think the timing of when I did that was when Spotify surpassed Apple that quarter. I think it was the first quarter of 2020. Spotify surpassed Apple in Australia as the most used podcast app mm -hmm. or source. And actually the podcast that got me over was The Winds of Change. It opened up a whole world to me because I don't ever use Spotify for music. And the, your algorithm's so good that you w listen to a couple podcasts and the whole thing just opens up. It feels like oh. just a whole new app has opened up. Welcome. I'm glad you're with us. <laughs> uh, no, I, I agree on that. Um, having podcasts and music in the one place is just a no-brainer. It's fantastic. 
Um, I also, from a commissioner point of view, think about just those millions of music listeners that haven't listened to a podcast ever. And I know most people listening to this and us in the room, we can't even imagine that. But there are so many people that haven't found their like sticky podcast or their first podcast, which is one of the strategies I look at when creating the slate is trying to, you know, think about sticky shows that can entice some music listeners and um, very light podcast listeners to come on over to our medium and hang out with us on the other side of the app. What's the what's the kind of demo like? Because I know that, you know, when I was younger than I am today, I'm still very, very young. Very. But, yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> when I was a lot younger, I mean, podcasts didn't exist and I was a, a music, you know, diehard. And then they came along and it just offered something completely different. And I was hooked and there were a couple of shows like that. And I think everyone sort of always references Serial and, and This American Life and all that sort of thing. Do you find um, that there is a younger audience listening to you know podcasts now than there might have been a couple of years ago? And are things like, you know, gee, thanks, are they helping bring over that younger audience? One thousand uh, percent. Generally, our audience skew younger uh, and more diverse on Spotify. So you can probably see from my slate we've leaned right into that because we are still wanting to talk to the people that are using the service as well. So. I think it's it's really cool. Gee, thanks, definitely. I'm a little bit nerdy obsessed with their audience. Uh, they are a fandom audience. So what I can learn about them and how then they found their first podcast, what can we do to make sure that they find their second and their third? Um, I'm a bit, you know, almost too nerdy about that audience and where they go and what they do. <laughs> <laughs> So you do have on the pretty... app, not outside of the <laughs> yeah, app. Yeah, 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 just following okay. them around in the streets. Yeah, <laughs> not doing that. Anytime someone drives past and you hear that <laughs> podcast playing. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, how much data have you got? Oh. In terms of like the the way that the functionality of the player works, do you get much of a heads up from? I mean, I presume this is made at a global level, and some of the product features are done globally. How do those kind of things roll down to the local markets? Yeah, I mean, we've got a very big program management team and they're very good at keeping you updated on what is coming and what's rolling out. Sometimes we get a new update that's coming the next week and we go, sweet, Mm. (laughs) that's fantastic. And how much data are you using to drive your decisions? Because something like Netflix, I remember about two, two Christmases ago, dropped 20 Christmas movies and clearly had done the math and said, you can't watch Love Actually and Christmas Vacation that many times. We you need to produce watch other Love stuff. Love Actually that many yeah. times. They clearly had seen the data and went, we need to commission a whole bunch of Christmas content. Boom, done. Are yep. you leaning on any data like that to inform the kind of shows you're commissioning? Yeah, we're getting better and better at that. Um, we have teams in the States and the UK that help us with that as well. But also commissioning is like 50-50 data and gut, hey. Mm. If you're making data-driven decisions all the time, that's not going to be a hit. And if you're making gut decisions all the time, who knows where you could end up. Um, so it really has to be that mix um, and that's the mix that you continually question yourself 
in your bedroom while you're working from home by yourself. <laughs> when it comes to uh, podcasts releasing, I think, you know, anyone you listen to might be already established and they might be following a pattern of, say, like reviewing a TV show that's coming out each week or when a movie comes out, they'll do that. But there's other sort of original series like, you know, The Winds of Change, for instance, you mentioned before, where they can drop all at once. Do you sort of like what's the thought process about going, okay, this one is probably going to be let's just do it in a big batch hit. The let's do this weekly and it might still be like an original narrative and story, but we feel like it should go over a span of time rather than just being dumped on everyone. Yeah. Dumped is probably the wrong <laughs> word. <laughs> Here you go. Um, still to figure out a release strategy, it is half data, half gut. We are getting more and more research through around release strategy and how to drop something. Um, but then it comes down to the creative, right, and how you think that the audience will listen to it and what works also with a launch strategy and marketing and all sorts of fun things. Um, I think what we can do really well, especially something like if we look at Search Engine Sex Season 2, we looked at the data and decided that we should do a double drop. Um, so two episodes come out each week. One's a full length and one's a quickie. Uh, in season one, we did uh, week one, long app, week two, quickie. Uh, and we could see drop off from that. So we decided let's, let's just give them everything that yeah, week. People have an insatiable appetite for sex. A hundred percent they do. Um, so those type of things I just love getting into the data and then being able to use that to, um, you know, guide creative for following episodes or releases or those kind of things. So, you know, we've released 10 um, shows now over the year and that's only going to keep growing. So the more and more knowledge that we gain is only going to be better and better for every show and talent that want to come along with me and my original's journey. Nice. <laughs> Are there optimal lengths of episodes or days to release or anything? Do you know what? We had some data that told us good days to release and then COVID happened. So right. That's Habits gone. Completely. Yeah, yeah. Probably Australia will start to, because of our position in COVID, we'll start to see um, those trends be different to yeah, the rest back of the on world. Public transport and doing these sorts yeah. of things. Yeah, but yeah, that was a <laughs> oh, okay. We can't use any of these um, insights that we gained over 2019. That's fine. Some of the podcasts that we've spoken to talked about their choosing the episode length based on you know the commutes that they'd been on and saying, okay, my train ride used to be 44 minutes, so I wanted to create a 44 minute podcast. You guys have. The commute, you know, the morning drive playlist well, as the, well. The daily, your daily drive? Your daily, daily drive. drive. Yeah. A lot of podcasts, when you start listening, the long form conversation ones went for an hour and a half or whatever they might go for. And then playlist time or the play time starts to vary a bit more. And now on things like your daily drive, you've got a compilation of shorter form podcasts, which are snappy little things about news or snackable stuff that people might need each day, which have been... It sounds like quite popular. Do you want to tell us a bit about those? Is yeah. that where it's going as well? Yeah, I think you're right. With um, episode length, they started out as marathons um, many moons ago in the... Many Joes ago. Many, many Joes ago. But we're seeing them get shorter and shorter and shorter. And I think that, as I was 
talking before around the audience that haven't listened to podcasts before, we're seeing that their barrier to entry is that they perceive podcasts as this really long time commitment and I need to know what's going on and all those kind of things. So I think something like Daily Drive, which has you know, short form news updates with personalised music in between, is introducing that audience to what podcasts can be. Um, and a lot of the time those short form news or segments then lead into wanting you to listen to the longer form episode. I know the Batuta has a daily podcast within Daily Drive, which then points to the longer form weekly apps, which I think by all accounts does quite well. Does well. Yeah. yeah. And so I think there's no definitive answer because you're always going to have different people's opinions. I'm not a fully long form, many hours kind of gal. Um, I like things shorter and snappier and you can probably see that from some of my shows that (laughs) we're making. But that's, you know, that's just down to personal preference. But I think that we can really start to play around with short form and what that means um, within the Spotify app as well. So encourage people to think about short form to accompany their long form as well as a to create more tunnels and avenues to their content that's right i think in terms of discoverability short form's the way to go we put five new shows out at the start of february and the first thing anyone asked me was how long how long's that one that one looks good how long is it how Mm -hmm. long is it it's like oh right okay and i think everyone's going to be so precious with their time yeah yeah and you want to commit to something and if you're going to like something well I don't want it to be more than half an hour, you know? I mean, for me, personally, that's my sort of benchmark. If it's going to be over half an hour, it's going to have to be something I love. Yeah, so, unless yeah. you're a hardcore history fan and then oofed. Yeah, yeah. You're in for the it's long It's funny, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oofed is right. Really, really um, betrayed a few people, it would seem, by recommending it. And going, it's so good. Dan Carlin's hardcore <laughs> yeah, history is so good. Five hours. Yeah, it's five hours. Podcast. I'm like, dude, that's a short one. Like, yeah. <laughs> People love it. Well, we don't have long plane flights right now. So. <laughs> so in terms of the kind of genres that you think that you find are popular, I mean, I think people obviously equate podcasts with true crime and, and stand up to a degree. I think there was always that sort of, you know, a way for stand-up comedians to talk about their craft and do it with other stand-up comedians and promote that. It seemed to be a really great launching pad. What are the kind of popular genres now? Has this changed over the years at all? True crime, of course, always going to be the top one. Comedy, always top. Entertainment. We know from even the ABC report that people listen to podcasts because they want to learn something and they want to be entertained. So I think if you can master those two things within your show, then you're well on your way to finding an audience. Edutainment. Ooh, here we go. Yuck. Yuck. (laughs) I wanted both those things until you said that. (laughs) Get away. Just made it so disgusting. Um, And so with with people coming to you, I mean, obviously you've talked about the amount of unsolicited or solicited requests that you got based on that uh, newspaper article. What what advice would you give people who are going to pitch you something? Oh, this is my big one. Okay, the biggest thing is know your audience. You need to know every single thing about them. You need to know what they eat for dinner. You need to know where they hang out, what they do, what they do in their spare time. Um, And you need to know why they care about your show. Um, You need to respect that audience as well and make sure that you're always creating for them. And then what about if you are going to approach someone 
like a Leah Harris, <laughs> what would be the do's and don'ts for going about something like this? You've got to want to work with me and work with Spotify and care about Spotify and care about where we're going and what we're doing. I want people that want to come on this crazy journey of building the podcasting ship as we're sailing it um, and all of the shows that I have made or am in the process of making. Um, I feel like I'm working with people who get that and appreciate that. So that's probably my biggest one. You've said before that you have people coming with the smallest conceit of an idea to something that's more fully formed. For the ones who come on the, you know, the lesser experience side of things, but they've got a great idea, what do you, how do you work with them to sort of promote their idea? And, and How yeah. do you bring the idea to life and how do you do it for 15 shows in a year? There's only one of you. There is only one mm. of me, yes. That has happened a couple of times. I guess that a good example is Rowdy that came to me with a very little amount of podcasting experience. So um, when talent or ideas come to me that don't have a production company attached, I have a whole network of wonderful production companies and always looking to grow that network as well. Um, and then I work with the production company and the talent and myself to go through a development period and figure out what that could look like. And then hopefully everyone works really well together, which I haven't had any issues yet, but <laughs> you never know in the wide world of creative. Um, if someone comes to you with a certain idea and it's like, you know, I want this thing to be educational, do you say, well, this production company is probably better for you? Or if you want to do... Yeah, that that's happening. Um, I mean, we're still in very formative stages of um our growth and the amount of titles that we're making but you know that's a that's another thing to talk about the podcast production industry in australia is very different to um tv or digital content industry you've got a lot of people that have come from tv into podcasts which they need to change up how they do things. But then we've also got a lot of indie producers coming through as well that haven't come from a content background. So um, it's a really interesting space to find the right producers and people and production agencies such as you guys as well. <laughs> but that's a, bit, that's a big thing that I'm very passionate about as well in Australia because the professionalisation of the production, podcast production industry isn't there at the moment it was quite an eye-opener for us we spoke to some of the smaller podcasts that had won or been finalists in the australian podcast awards last year and some of the talent we came across was incredible yeah. and these are people who have full-time jobs in sort of digital roles or humanitarian roles or whatever it may but be isn't that the coolest thing though oh, that it's like... mind-blowing it's like we have to find some way to work with you and we yeah. have to find a way to make you able to do this full-time because you're too talented at this 100 you know? i love how open playing field podcasting can be but i think we have a long way to go are there any tools and things like that that people can use if they do have an idea and they might not have a production background or something like this where they can say great launch you know this program and it's a bit of a step-by-step -step, you know guide to getting up and running yeah pop my spotify hat on um we have a couple of companies within the spotify universe um anchor is a hosting platform um that is free so that is always a good thing um and within that there are different tools that you can use from a production standpoint um there's also soundtrap as well which is a really great tool um so i would recommend having 
a little look at Anchor and seeing if that's the right platform. But a and good Anchor, way to Anchor does the music and sounds. Music well. and talk, yes. Music and talk, so Yes. Yeah. And in terms of production as well, you talked about how some people, you know, this is a growing space for production people coming from TV or coming from radio or whatever and now trying podcasts. Some podcasts that we've seen, you know, internationally have gone from being, you know, starting as a podcast and then growing into a TV show or whatever that kind of might be. Do you think about that when you're commissioning works and, and what the sort of, you know, the grand thing might be? Not to say that, you know, podcast isn't the ultimate goal, but, you know, maybe something on screen. Yeah, I do think about that. At the end of the day, I care about the audio, you know. Um, if there's a really great idea that has other IP derivatives that can be made, that's really, really cool. Um, I'm particularly interested in live and seeing where we can go with that. But I'm I'm obsessed with the audio, yeah. <laughs> you said live just now. Like where do you think podcasting might go and what are some of the what, – what might the future hold for us? Some of the coolest things that have come out of the podcast industry is the community that it can build. You just have to look on Facebook and hang out in some of the podcasting groups to know that there's a whole bunch of like-minded people that want to talk to each other. So being able to do that in a live – setting and bring that community together so you mean live events yeah absolutely yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, we have massive plans for last year um you know headshot gone but (laughs) but but it is when we were researching the live stage show that we did a couple years ago we went to see research podcasts that had done live shows yeah and we saw the guys from stuff you should know and it was and obviously chat ten as well. Um, but when we went to the stuff you should know, we were sitting in the pub. It was playing at the Enmore Theatre in Sydney, and we were sitting in a pub nearby. And we were five guys sitting there, not particularly approachable guys. And two separate times, and one guy came up to us and went, "Hey, um, are you going to the stuff you? Oh, no, you wouldn't be. You wouldn't be. You don't look like a people." And walked off. And we're like, "No, no, come back, come back, come back," because we were trying to do research about who goes to these live shows yeah. around a podcast. And they just, I mean, all these people consume these podcasts on their own, in private, at their own time. Yeah. And they feel like, they want to feel like part of a community and they just want to connect with like-minded people. And this guy had gone to, bought a ticket to the Stuff You Should Know podcast by himself to the live show, rolled up and just wanted to talk to someone before the show and thought he was so keen to talk to someone he approached five dodgy blokes <laughs> it was the amazing. power yeah. of podcast. but it is you go in and it is it's this I want to be part of I want this is a shared thing I know there's other people out there listening to this yeah, yeah I think that that was so much a part of like when I started listening it was areas of interest that you know maybe your direct mates weren't into and you could just find out so much about that or really kind of get stuck into that I think it is one of the powers of the platform yeah and having that kind of community and bringing that in is, is such a great way to kind of incorporate that and really you know bring these people together the potential's huge yeah we well, can even see belonging to some of the um big podcast facebook groups that they end up organizing their own meetups without the use of host and then it's like oh we're all meeting up down at the bar in Glenelg. come on down they and often that- outgrow yeah the podcast yeah i mean i think something like she's on the money the facebook group's probably bigger than the audience yes it's yeah. ridiculous yeah yeah my mum Belongs to the chat 10 group, but has never listened to the podcast. <laughs> she sends me all the posts from the Facebook group, but doesn't listen to the pod. Isn't that interesting? 
Yeah. Probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look, we'll get you out of here on this. <laughs> Some podcast recommendations as the person in Australia who may be listening to the most podcasts oh, this is per day. Bloody hardest job. Give us, <laughs> give us some non-Spotify ones just to make okay. sure it's not rowdy. Uh, no, like, no, 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 no. But listen to search engines. <laughs> really good. Do you know what? I'm going to go with things that have made me laugh really loud or also cry laugh out loud i'm going to go with zach from auntie donna and his friend mish do a podcast where they recap the first season of master chef which released in 2009 wow but they did that in 2019 and i Came across it, started listening to it and continually laugh out loud. It is so silly and so fantastic and I really want to give them both a nice hug um, (laughs) because, God, it really got me. And then one that made me cry, I think, and this has probably been recommended, but Dying for Sex, I listened to that in the depths of lockdown. I waited for the last episode until I was doing something like cooking so I just wasn't sitting in my isolated room crying because I knew I would. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I was making a nice spaghetti bolognese in that last episode and, um, yeah, brought the tears, but, like, happy tears. So I really enjoyed that journey. How did the bolognese taste? Look, it was it was it was all right. It was a bit emotional, um, but it tasted all right. Extra salty from the tears. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, thank you for coming on and having a chat thank and opening up. We really appreciate it. The role you're in is an incredible position at an incredible time in podcast development, and couldn't be happier that someone like you, I with don't the take it for granted, <laughs> that's in this position. It's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yay. Huge thanks to Leah for taking the time from literally listening to every podcast on Spotify to talk to us. We'll be back next week getting behind the podcast with more of your favourite shows. 